Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, it was a very big win for the Bucks, 31 to 15. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, jumped out to a 31 to nothing lead. This game was not really contested. Thanks to the defense that did a really good job getting uh, three of their top players back in Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jace Pierre-Paul. All those guys had big plays in this game. And Tom Brady does what he normally does. He kind of dissected the Eagles' defense, took them down for scores on three of their first four possessions. And pretty easy victory here before a uh, pretty loud crowd at Raymond James Stadium. First home playoff win, I think, in about 18 years. Uh, so it was uh, an impressive day. We're going to discuss all of that with my colleague, Joey Knight. And I want to tell you guys about the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. That's presented by RP Funding. It happens at a new time and date, of course, February 25th to the 27th. The temporary circuit is a 1.8-mile, 14-turn configuration using the street circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center, and the Arts the Daly Museum, and extending onto the runways at Albert Wooded Airport. Visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. All right, Joey Knight, so we watched the Bucs uh, beat up pretty good on the Philadelphia Eagles. I have to be honest, I, I kind of bought into the fact that it was going to be a windy day, uh, maybe a little bit of rain that we knew was going to clear um, by game time. The Eagles had the number one rushing offense in the league. They looked like a different team than the one that the Bucks played on October 14th. But we saw a difference between Tom Brady and a championship team, particularly with their defense a little more healthy than an Eagles team, which uh, was not in the, in the same class as this Bucks team. No, and you wrote about the defense and how they were buoyed by these returning guys, Shaq Barrett, and who had the interception, and JPP and Levante, who I just think makes everybody around him better, uh, hint, hint, Devin White. But, uh, you know, what stands out to me, Rick, is just the depth that continues to be brandished by this team. You know the storyline entering the season, every Super Bowl starter back, first time that's ever happened in the salary cap era, people raved about the starting 22, but every week, somebody different, unsung, a different unsung person seems to step up, and it's really showing the overall depth of this roster. And today, it was Kishan Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard who were summoned to basically carry the backfield because Leonard Fournette was out. He was not activated, and Ronald Jones still has that bum ankle. So they had to turn to the only two guys they had left, Vaughn and Bernard, and together those guys ran for 97 yards, outran the NFL's top rushing offense. The Eagles finished with 95. So that's kind of what stands out to me, that down the stretch here, Rick, it just seems to be a different unheralded guy every week, whether it's Cyril Grayson or Brashad Perryman or Anthony Nelson. Today it was Kishan Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, it, that did stand out, and you know I, I think this is what this team has had to do on both sides of the ball. They've been resourceful. It's their whole roster. It's not just the you know the twenty you know 
22 guys that they returned this year, they've all had to take ownership of this. We weren't really sure. This was interesting, too. Like, we weren't really sure who was going to be on this field when we got here on Sunday. I mean, we knew that they had activated certain guys off IR like, like Levante David. But as Levante Davis told, told us, um, he said, look, I wasn't cleared until Saturday. I came out there on Friday. I did a few things, but I hadn't really run full speed or hit anything. And so I had to prove to them that I could hold up doing that. And on Saturday is when they gave me the go-ahead. And, I, and I'm, I'm with you. I think just the presence of Levante David, um, the calmness that he brings to the huddle, allowed Devin White to be Devin White again. He was aggressive. He was shooting the gaps. He was making tackles. He was impacting the game. Obviously, White did a good job, too. And, you know, even though they were on pitch counts, um, having Shaquille uh, Barrett and having JPP on the edge – which adds to the rotation. I think it's one thing to say, you know what, Anthony Nelson can hold up if we need him. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Joe uh, Tryon Shawinka is a good player and he can hold up if we need him. But there's a difference if they're your number two and three outside linebackers versus your one and two. Now the whole rotation comes into play because the guys behind those guys aren't as good. And then you have the drop off. But with this rotation against that running game, they completely shut down the Eagles and shut them down early. And, of course, nothing better than before your home crowd than to take the opening kickoff and drive it down for a touchdown the way Tom Brady did. He was a master today of just being very patient, taking what was there, and no turnovers again, pinpoint accuracy, and guys made his plays for him. No question. 29 for 37, 271 yards, two touchdowns. He was just surgical. Uh, that, that's the adjective that comes to mind. And we talked a little bit about this, Rick. Post-game, he was very stoic, full of the typical Tom Brady cliches, not really irreverent at all, not really lighthearted. He's just in that playoff mode, and that's something that I'm sure the New England people saw for years and years and that we've seen. He just becomes a different kind of locked-in, a different kind of intense when the postseason starts. And that's that's two post games now that he's just been very again very stern not rude but just very stern and just very matter of fact he's locked in on a different level and uh, he he proved that again today he he completed passes to oh, I'm looking here at least nine different guys yeah. Mike Evans was the big guy today nine catches that's a that's a franchise single game record for the postseason nine catches 117 yards and of course Gio, Gio Bernard who a month ago was you know, for lack of a better term, kind of left for dead. He really mangled his hip and his his knee against the Bills late in that game. He comes back at seven targets, five catches for 39 yards. And Gronk, of course, is Gronk, five catches for 31 yards. But, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine Tom Brady can turn it up a notch, you know, a, a higher notch than he already is, but he does it in the postseason. And, again, the, the adjective that just comes back to me is surgical. That's a good it's a good word and I think that in a weird way and I don't know when Leonard Fournette apparently he tried to run full speed um, late in the week they said that he had a little bit of twinge that he still felt something they didn't want to put him out there if he wasn't healthy he has to be able to run full speed we'll see if he's able to do that um, next week uh, you know in, in the NFC um, divisional playoff game but I think these guys the way they've come in and stepped up they've they've gained confidence. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson had a drop early in the game, but he came back and he made some tough catches. We've seen Brashard Perryman have big plays. 
Tom Brady's going to use whoever is out there, and he expects them to play and play well. And for the most part, they have. As they get any of these guys back, and they're not going to get, obviously, Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown is gone. Um, but I just think they're going to be better. And they and they went to a lot of three tight ends we saw. Um, you know, Gronk is still Gronk. They've got enough firepower with that quarterback to score points, and that's going to be the hardest thing when you come here. When you come to Raymond James Stadium, this is a different team. They score a lot of points. They score 30-plus points a game, and you're going to have to try to match them. There are some teams that can do it, obviously, still left in the playoffs, um, but they're tough to beat at home. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was interesting, too, you know, in just watching this game. The play that Shaq Barrett made, like, there was a sequence there. Now they were up, you know, 24 to nothing. The game's well at hand, it would seem. Um, but they run one of these inside blitzes with the two linebackers on either side, and they create sort of a, a pressure situation for the quarterback. The safety's coming down as well. The athletic play that Shaq Barrett made, you forget what a playmaker he is, right? Not just sacking the quarterback, not just playing the run. Leaps up, tips the ball to himself, makes the interception, returns it 17 yards, looked like nothing was wrong with his wheel there, and then the next play, Tom Brady changes a route, and Mike Evans, the guy you talked about, makes the big touchdown receptions, 30-something yards, and the game essentially at that point is over. But it just reinforces that, man, you have to have those big dogs back, and if they can keep them healthy, if they can get better during the week and healthier during the week, this is a defense that is starting to look a little more whole and might actually get something done. And you hearken back to that Super Bowl last year, which was won by the defense, you know, just the the array, the smorgasbord, if you will, of things that they threw at, at Patrick Mahomes. That was a completely healthy defense, and they're getting back into that form. Uh, again, I go back, you, you talk about Shaq Barrett. There's a reason he's a starter yeah. because of just what you saw. And Levante David, he did not have a big day statistically. I think he had two tackles, Rick, but he cleans up any mess Devin White in only his third season makes. And Devin White, if you look, he had 10 total tackles yeah. in the last three games. Yeah. He, he was in a funk, probably the biggest funk of his career. Yeah. And today, with Levante complimenting him, he has five tackles, three quarterback hurries. One of those tackles was for a loss and a pass defended. He looked like the Devin White of old. Yeah. So, you know, this team, you talk about offensively, playoff Lenny. I suspect he'll be back next week. They're getting healthy at the right time, and the defense, which really carried them toward the end, is getting healthy at the right time. Who are we missing now defensively? They've got everybody back except Sean Murphy Bunning. He was a late scratch. I, I forgot what his situation was, but he, he was the only prominent guy out, and if he's back next week, They've got their whole starting defense intact for the first time all season. Because you remember the season opener against Dallas, Jordan Whitehead was still out. Now, if Sean Murphy Bunning comes back, Whitehead's back, the whole starting defense will be available for the first time all season if Murphy Bunning comes back. And and even if he doesn't, and, and I think they expect him to, but the game that Mike Edwards had in his place was terrific again. Mike Edwards has been a guy that's been called on a lot to play safety, to play that that slot corner position. He ends up with a huge interception in the end zone that Jamel Dean falls down in the coverage, and he steps up and, and picks one off in front of Devontae Smith in the end zone, toe taps it, and, and stops. At that time, the game was still at issue. I think it was 17 to nothing or something like that, and it's a huge turnover for them. 
And and that's what Mike Edwards has been. He's been a ball hawk. We've seen him do it time and time again, whether it's interceptions, picking up fumbles, whatever it is. So you're right. Getting all those guys on the field together, this is the sort of look that they had in the playoffs a year ago. Taking the ball away, being stingy in run defense, um, making teams go the long way. Field position was a big deal. You know, uh, Bradley Pinion did a nice job. I mean, it was a tough day out here. This is the thing. Like, Brady made it seem a lot easier than it is, and I know he's used to playing in bad weather, but he threw it 37 times. Well, Jalen Hurts had to throw it 43 times, and let me assure you, he wasn't nearly as accurate. Completed only 23 of those passes for 258 yards with a couple of sacks himself, one touchdown, and then the two interceptions, one of or two of three turnovers. The Bucks also got uh, a turnover when uh, Rieger, the, the punt returner, uh, muffed a punt. Scotty Miller hit him, and it was recovered by Ross Cockrell. So the special teams played well um, in all three phases, did a good job. Ryan Suckup made all his kicks. There is... This is what I'm learning about a Tom Brady team. We watched them make this run on the road last year with no fans. There is a pedigree now to the Buccaneers, a Super Bowl pedigree, that when you get in pressure situations, when you play teams that may not have been under this kind of pressure in the past, this team has a way of slowing things down where everything looked hurried for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, maybe that won't be the case a year or two from now, Maybe it won't be the case for the Dallas Cowboys or whoever comes in here next, and we'll probably have the answer to that perhaps before this podcast is over as we're doing it. Uh, the Cowboys are, are uh, trying to score and, and take the lead over San Francisco. But I know this, that if you come into this building against this team and they have enough of their guys healthy, particularly number 12, you're going to have to score points. You're going to have to earn it. These guys simply know how to win football games. I think it's two things, Rick. I think it's confidence and trust. Over these two seasons, Tom Brady has learned to trust some of these guys that he may not have, you know, a year ago, 18 months ago, such as Keyshawn Vaughn, such as Tyler Johnson. He He has built a clairvoyance with them, a trust with them, and in turn, these guys have all the confidence in the world in number 12. They've seen him for more than two decades go out and deliver in any kind of given situation that you can imagine. They, the game is slowed down for them because they have confidence. And in turn, Tom trusts these guys. I think, you know, it sounds very simple, but I think that's what it comes down to. You're dealing with a very confident football team at this stage with number 12, and number 12 is building his complementary base, not just with the Mike Evanses and the playoff Lennies, but with so many other guys because he has developed a trust of them. Absolutely, he has. Hey, just want to remind you guys uh, that the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is coming. It's set on the downtown streets, of course, of the beautiful Sunshine City. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding. It kicks off Florida's spring break with high-speed excitement. Visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. Another racing season starts in St. Petersburg. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There were, I, I just want to get this out of the way because I know people are going to be talking about it. I, I, I had a, a message from, um, you know, from uh, Mike Florio. There was a moment during this game when I think it was after the muff punt, I want to say, and Andrew Adams was standing around and trying to clean up the pile a little bit, and that is a penalty. And at one point, Bruce Arians came over and he sort of swiped the helmet of Andrew Adams and and may have extended his arm to get him back onto the field and away from the pile. And I don't know if this is a thing. I mean, I think Florio told me there were some people from the league telling him that that didn't, didn't look good. I, I did talk to Bruce Arians. I texted him, and he said, no, no, that's all it was. I was trying to get him uh, from from trying to pull those Eagle players off the pile because we would get a penalty on that. And and he wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything punitive about it. He merely was in, in, in the middle of the action trying to prevent Adams from getting a penalty. Joey, we've seen football coaches. This was, to me, let's not make this Earl Bruce, you know, or not Earl Bruce, Woody Hayes, or Bruce came later, Woody Hayes swinging at a guy on the sideline at a Clemson player. I just think this was in the heat of moment, him trying to get a player away from that pile. Rick, you and I are old school guys. We come from a different era. My father was a high school football coach in the 70s. I saw him smack guys on the helmet, grab their face masks a number of times, and the guys he was the hardest on are the same guys who love him the most to this day. I didn't think anything of it when I saw it, but I also appreciate the fact that we live in 2021 and there's a different perception of those kinds of things. I just think, you know, again, it was a heat of the battle thing. Bruce was just trying to get the attention of a guy who was about to make a mistake. I, you know, uh, again, it, it didn't phase me, but I understand how it might phase some people. But I think this is a storyline that'll come and go in pretty short order. One storyline that needs to be followed this week, and we'll be following it, Joey, is just the health of their offensive line. It, it was really almost, I mean, tragic in a way that. On Friday, Tristan Wirfs becomes the first Buccaneer offensive lineman to be named first-team All-Pro. And that is one player per one position. You're the best at your game in the league, not NFC or AFC, but in the entire league. Tristan Wirfs gets that honor in his second year. Unbelievable talent. Has never missed a snap. Had never missed a snap in his career. Durable as he can be. And then he has an ankle injury, stays in a play, and then he's down. They take him out, and I don't know that I could throw a dart. I mean, obviously Donovan Smith playing the left side, playing the left tackle in Brady's blind side is is arguably one of the you know the if not the most but one of the most important players on the offensive line. We talked all year; they were the group that had not been impacted. They you know except for a couple games that Ali Marpet missed with sort of an abdominal um, problem. That was the group that you were hanging your hat on to carry this offense, to carry this team until they could get some players back. And now, not only did Tristan Wirfs go out, right after that, Ryan Jensen's turned his ankle. Now, credit Ryan Jensen for being one tough SOB. He came back in the game. But you know how it is when that adrenaline wears off and you get into tomorrow and the next day, that thing's going to be tough on both these guys. 
they can't afford to lose one, much, much less two. But that is probably the cautionary tale from this game. There's always injuries. Those are not the ones you need at this time in the year. That's going to be the big deal today. The podcast is airing today. We'll talk to Bruce Arians around lunchtime to get an update on those two guys. That, that's the big deal going forward. And, you know, you wonder, Rick, they've done so much with spare parts. We've talked about it. We've talked about it throughout this podcast of all they've done with, with backups and unheralded guys. You just wonder where the tipping point is. How many injuries is too many to overcome? And I'll tell you what, if Worfs is out for a while, that's a tough one to overcome. And it really makes you appreciate the iron horse nature of this unit, not only this year, but the last two years, because it's been the same group the last two seasons, aside from Ali Marpet's concussion uh, last year. That was the only thing that disrupted, disrupted the group last season. And this season, again, you mentioned Marpet's abdominal thing. Otherwise, it's been... Smith, Marpet, Jensen, Kappa, Werfs, all the way through. I think Kappa played every single snap yeah. this year, too. Yeah. Three pro bowlers in Jensen, Werfs, and Marpet. And, again, I, I just I don't think people appreciate, again, I call it the iron horse nature of this unit, but now it could be tested a little bit, and you just wonder how many injuries is too many to overcome. Yeah, And, and I think – I really do believe this. Uh, I, I know Green Bay's got the number one seed. I know that they're going to get healthy as they stay out. I know that other teams have to play, and that's the advantage to having the best record in your in your conference is you get healthy while other teams have to play games and lose people. Um, I do believe, though, if the Bucks can stay, just have a modicum of, of health and luck uh, throughout these next game or more if they have them, they have a chance to get back to the NFC Championship and repeat. And I say that because... I think this team is resilient. I mean, the resiliency that they've shown, and it probably starts with the head coach and pickle, you know, filters down through the quarterback. I was talking to Clyde Christensen the other day, and he goes, you know, the most impressive thing about Brady to him, there's a lot of things, obviously, is he never has excuses. Like, to him, you can deal the cards any way you want to, right? And he goes, and even if he has a new receiver that he doesn't necessarily trust or know all that well, he says – not only will he you know, expect him to play and play at a high level, he goes, but if he doesn't and he runs the wrong route or he, he's a little bit off, he goes, Tom will still throw him open. He goes, you don't realize how many times the guys are not actually where they're supposed to be, and Brady still finds a way to put the ball on him. He goes, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. He's just played so much football that nothing will rattle him. He's going to figure it out. He's not going to make excuses. And that's what I see in this team. This is one resilient football team. They've had to do it with a bunch of different players all year long. The secondary, of course, the most affected by the injuries, but it's really now spread throughout the entire team. They've all had their time. It's just awfully hard to replace 300-pound guys that protect the franchise. You don't want to lose people there. That's the one area that they've been fortunate to avoid up to this point, and now, unfortunately for them, um, they're going to have it. So, uh, you know, look, uh, I I think – what would be interesting, and we're about to find out, because San Francisco is trying to uh, run out the clock as we do this podcast on the Dallas Cowboys if they can. We'll see if they have this first down. It looks awfully close. Um, I think it'll be interesting, no matter you know who, whether it's the Rams or Dallas, you're going to have to score points against those teams, although Dallas has struggled up late against good defenses. San Francisco's a team that's got momentum, by the way, if they win this game. Um but 
Being at home, I'll say it again. Last year, the playoffs, no fans, limited capacity, um, you know, 9,000 or so at, at Green Bay. You still might have to deal with the weather. You still might have to deal with all that stuff. But at the end of the day, and it is over, yeah, the, the San Francisco 49ers have come into Dallas and ended the Cowboys season, a very dangerous offensive team, did it at AT&T Stadium. I really believe they might have a coaching change before this one's over. Watch out for the 49ers because they are on a roll. Um, that great rivalry that they had not played in the playoffs since 1994. It's amazing it's been that long with all the great games that they used to have together. So now, Joey, now that we know, we've got to look to the Rams and the Cardinals game because, you know, look, they lost to the Rams out there at SoFi. The Rams are not the same team. I think their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, has struggled and struggled mightily, especially down the stretch. He's thrown a ton of interceptions, four pick sixes this year. Um, and they and they were beaten obviously by the 49ers, so they're not coming on a roll. And 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 frankly, I would not be. And look, the Cardinals have have beaten the Rams this year, and they beat them in SoFi already once. If they can do that again, and they end up coming to Tampa Bay, while they're a good team, I don't fear them the way I I think you would look at the Rams and say, well, they've already beaten the Bucks, right? But can can the Rams beat the Bucks twice in a year? And this time on the road, that's a that's a tall, you know, a, a tall order as well. I think I think that in many ways, I don't know why Dallas had not played well for a while, but in many ways, I think that's a better matchup for the Bucks, either of those teams in some way, in some respects, than the Dallas Cowboys might have been. I don't know. Well, I, I think either way, the 49ers have done the Cowboys a huge favor, and they're reviewing this first down yeah. mark. But I mean, there's only a minute left. But if this stands, yeah, if this stands, the 49ers have done a Bucks a huge favor because of regardless of who comes in here, if it's the Cardinals or the Rams, I don't think the NFL is going to make the winner of that game play on a Monday night turnaround on a Saturday. So I think you're going to get a Sunday game, which benefits Tristan Wirfs and playoff Lenny, and those guys are hurt. That gives them another day. So if San Francisco can pull this out, it looks like they are. Huge benefit for the Bucks, regardless of – which opponent comes in here? Huge. It absolutely is because it's all about it's all about getting healthy at this point. I mean, that's really what the Bucks have to do. They'll figure out the rest. And if I'm right about this, so the uh, let's say the lower seed is the San, San Francisco's lower seed than the Cardinals, correct? Correct. Okay. So regardless, you're talking about a 49ers team that's going to have to go to Green Bay. Right. Well, let me tell you something. If you're the Green Bay Packers, I don't want to see this team. This team is on a roll. That's a physical football team that has now knocked off some pretty good teams to get to this point. Um, they had to fight their way into the postseason. They beat the Rams to get into the postseason. They've beaten the Dallas Cowboys now back-to-back. Those are two pretty good football teams. If you're Green Bay, you're going to be rested and you're going to be healthy, but you're also going to face a really resilient physical football team in the San Francisco 49ers who look like they have that the hot, and they are, the ball to Dallas. they are giving it to Dallas or they're not giving it? They're saying they are an inch short. Is that, was that fourth down? I don't know if that was fourth down. This is like the not the best play-by-play we can do from a, a little <laughs> ways away here, folks. But you get to experience it with us post-mortem, I suppose. Fourth and inches. Fourth and inches, okay. Well, nothing like uh, a little quarterback sneak here, I would think, when you only need an inch. But we'll see what uh, – look, Kyle Shanahan – and I'll just say it, 
He's had some some dubious uh, calls before as the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons when they once blew a twenty-seven to three lead <laughs> to uh, to Tom Brady. Dak Prescott dying on the sideline. See, this is real play-by-play here. Joy Knight with Rick Stroud as we bring you a recreation of the 49ers San Francisco uh, in Dallas playoff game on fourth and inches. But I, I do. I feel confident about any team that comes in here that if the Bucks again, they have to have Ryan Jensen. They really need Tristan Wirfs. Those are vulnerable spots that you just can't replace. If they had to replace Jensen, for example, I think what they would do is move Ali Marpet to center and play Aaron Stinney at guard. Yes. I think that would be the solution there. Um, you know, and then Wells, will, you know, he also was nicked up in this game. We'll see if he would continue to be their right tackle, but it changes everything. And now you're talking about having to put a tight end over there, as they did many times in this game. So you lose the use of that tight end in a, in a receiving standpoint because he becomes an extra blocker. So um, they're going to have to make some adjustments on the offensive line. And even if those guys do play, they're not 100%. Ankles are, are a funny thing. Um, you know, that ligament in there is stretched. It's torn. Uh, so it doesn't take much to topple the guys over. You're talking about 300-pound men that have to move. And I don't know what the delay is of this, by the way, on fourth and inches anyway. Um, this is a good time uh, to remind you all, once again, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is presented by RP Funding. This year it's going to happen February 25th. To the 27th. So here's what you do. Go visit gpstpete.com. You can get all the race information and tickets. One of the best events that we have in the spring in St. Petersburg. A great course. And that's why they kick off uh, the racing right there. It's going to wind through Pioneer Park and Duke Energy Center of the Arts and the Dally Museum. It goes all the way to the runways at Albert Witted Airport. It's going to be a terrific event once again. All right, and now we have a final. The San Francisco 49ers have beaten the Cowboys. It uh, wasn't without its drama, though. Um, San Francisco unable to get fourth in an inch. They had a false start. Cowboys drive the ball all the way down there with no timeouts to get it to about the 20 or about the 40 yard line. And then, inexplicably to me, what is Dak Prescott doing running a quarterback draw in the middle of the field? Two, guy, two coaches trying to outsmart themselves. I don't know why Dak Prescott runs a quarterback draw in the middle of the field with that little time left. There's no way you can get up to the line of scrimmage and stop the clock. And the other thing, on the sneak, the fourth and inches sneak by the 49ers, they shift linemen. They, like, move a lineman over, and that lineman was the guy who got whistled for the false start. Just line up and sneak the ball instead of trying to shift. You, I mean, two coaches trying to outsmart themselves. It's crazy. Well, San Francisco moves on, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys season is over. They will not be coming to Tampa Bay. That probably means that the Bucks will get a Sunday game because they're not going to make a team play Saturday after a Monday night game. They'll get the winner, I guess, of the Arizona uh, Cardinals and uh, the Los Angeles Rams. So a little better, more favorable matchup perhaps. We'll see what happens, but an extra day maybe for the Bucks to heal. All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, for Steve Versick and Joey Knight, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Hope you enjoyed the result. If you're a Bucks fan, I'm sure you did. Bucks win 31-15 over the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk to you on Monday. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.